invite people for this uh, this season. Join me in your Bibles in the book of um, from the book of Ephesians chapter five. I titled this uh, Holy Spirit the Limit Breaker. The Limit Breaker is the one that helps us to break our limits. Uh, so you want to just every tap your neighbor and tell your neighbor uh, it's time to hear the word of God uh, and tell your neighbor this will really bless you. Romans chapter 8, and I'll read uh, from verse 5 to 8, and then verse 26 of the same chapter, making it, uh, I think, four chapters in all, then we'll go, I mean, four verses in all, then we'll go into uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Romans chapter 8, I'll read from verse 5. It says, For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Look at verse 8. Those who are in this flesh cannot please God. If you have a good Bible, I want you to just underline cannot. Cannot. That's very emphatic and very straightforward. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So if you, if you, you're like me, you really want to live a life that will please God, then you need to underline that to remind yourself that without mincing word, the scripture says, those who are moment, those who are in the flesh cannot Please God. That means they lack the capacity, the ability to please God. Focusing on the flesh, living in the flesh, you know, cannot confer upon us the ability to please God or live in the will of God for our lives. Ephesians chapter 5, and I'll read uh, verse 15 down to 20 of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. It said, See then that you walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord bless the reading of his word. Can I quickly ask that you display, I'm talking to the multimedia people, display the message translation of Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 15 down to 18. It's, it cuts it in a very, very interesting manner. For instance, where he said, uh, say that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. He said, so, uh, watch your steps and use your head. Because it's, it's, uh, there's a way we can live that looks like we're not, you, you know, you go against the, you know, the pillar and the post. He said, don't, don't live vaguely, you know, thoughtlessly. He said, I understand what the Lord wants. So it's possible for a believer 
Not to watch your steps or use your head at all. Living anyhow, not engaging the help of the spirit to be able to live right. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 there, that those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those who are in the flesh cannot. So what does it mean to engage the Holy Spirit to please God? Don't forget we've been discussing the Spirit-filled life. The Spirit-filled life. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. The Bible says here in Ephesians 5, I I just can't get myself off that one. It, It says that you should not be drunk with wine in, it, in which there's dissipation. But be filled. One translation says, be being filled, as in continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. Because that's the way to live as a believer. Now, two quick thoughts. But before I take these two quick thoughts, I want to back down to verse 26 of Romans chapter 8. The Bible uh, the writer of the book of Romans, Spirit is in the life of a believer. So in verse 26 of the same Romans chapter 8, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be altered. Don't bother yourself with the other part of the verse. Just let's stay with the top part there. A part of the verse. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Then he started to talk about our weakness in prayer, not knowing what to pray for. But the foundation there is that the Spirit helps in our weaknesses. And if you are like me, you have one weakness or the other. For me to become a limit breaker, who breaks limitations who is able to deal with my areas of weakness and go beyond natural weaknesses that will accompany my person my personality my temperament my you know my way of doing things some weaknesses come from how i was brought up some will come from my background some will come from the way i think which has been a byproduct of what I've been used to. Am I saying the truth? Because what some people think are small, sometimes I think are big. In pastoring this church, for instance, God has had to help my mind a lot. I mean, today, I can stand in front of someone and like John the Baptist, (laughs) just tell you straight to your face that this is wrong. But I wasn't like that while I was growing up. Today I can stand in front of a crowd now and preach. I've not always been like this. Yeah. I was like the recluse of the family. In fact, in my family, you know, I've said it many times. Size-wise, I'm different. The only one out of six. Everybody's big and tall. (laughs) I'm the the only one with small stature. The only one who will not talk, who will just sit in one corner, 
my immediate older brother is a choleric. When we were growing up, he used me. <laughs> because I won't talk. You know, so he, he sends me on useless errands. Because he knew I won't talk. You know, go and do that. I'll just go. And how many years gap in between us, you know? He would just be dealing with me anyhow. Even sometimes my sisters would say, ah, why are you behaving like a mum? Why can't he be sending you around like that? As far as I'm concerned, he's the older brother. Whatever he wants, you do. And much more than that, is uh, far bigger. <laughs> if I refuse, he will deal with me. I never really use the present tense because it's still far bigger. <laughs> so I just obeyed. And you, need, you know, that happened many things. I, and the many things I thought I will never be able to do. But that today, by the grace of God, in one area or the other, I have seen the Holy Spirit manifesting himself in my life as my limit breaker. He helps me to break my limits. As we round off on these teachings on the spirit-filled life, one thing you must understand that in life is either you agree that truly you have some weaknesses, and those weaknesses, if nothing is done about them, they're going to sink you and limit the expression of your destiny. But Jesus gave us an alternative. I know you have weaknesses. I know that there's a limit to which you can go. I mean, Jesus went with his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane. He had an expectation of them. We examined that last Sunday. And he said, stay here and pray. And he went deeper into the garden and was praying, agonizing because of what was going to befall him. And was talking to God, if it's possible, let this cup pass over me. And those guys were sleeping. And he came back and he said, can't you tarry with me just for one hour? Oh, the spirit truly is willing, but the flesh is weak. And Bible talking about Jesus, Bible says he was in always tempted just like we are, but without sin. Why? Because he engaged the power of the Holy Spirit to break his personal limits. The Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, is our limit breaker. If we will engage him and recognize his assignment in our lives. Why is it that many believers are not able to engage the help of the Holy Spirit to help them to break certain limits in their life? It's because we have not recognized him with his assignment as the limit breaker and the helper of destiny. Likewise, the spirit helps in our weaknesses. Oh, let me paint a picture to you. I don't know about you, but if you grew up, uh, uh, the way some of us grew up, maybe uh, you have one uncle who sorts you out all the time. Or maybe um, you lost your father early, but you, or maybe your father was never at home or something. And there's someone who is just there for you. Who will pay your school fees, do everything. Or somebody who gave you your seed money to start your, your first business. Or the person who sent you to school and got you your first job. Those are helpers of destiny. Am I saying the truth? How do you treat them? You honor them. You don't disregard them. You don't even disregard their children. You honor their lineage. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. 
So if the, if the Bible says the Holy Spirit is my helper of destiny, I also need to accord him the same level of honor. If I will get that help and live my life consistently with that help. Because when the Holy Spirit comes into full manifestation in the life of, of a believer, um, it, wo- it works like It works like Paul, writing the book of Ephesians, compares the effect of the Holy Spirit with that of... Can I have my slide on, please? That's that's how uh, Paul compared the Holy Spirit. He compares the Holy Spirit to the effects of mood and behavior-altering substances. Yeah. I know we're in church, so some of us, we want to be prim and proper. But you know that alcohol that I put there is just the youngest brother in that family of those substances. Yeah. It's the youngest one. If you've been trying alcohol, you're still coming up. (laughs) I've never tasted cocaine before. uh, But just working with the Holy Ghost, I know, I have an idea of what it feels like, I'm telling you. Because the Holy Spirit has worked in my life before. And somebody thought I was on cocaine. So how I felt that day, I know I can compare it. And Paul said I can compare it. When the Holy Spirit has to work in the life of a man or a woman, the effect of it can only be compared to mood and behavior altering substances. In Acts chapter 2, they looked at them on the day of Pentecost. And what did they say? How come these guys are drunk this early in the morning? Those days, they didn't have the real ones. They would have said, these guys are high. You know? This early in the morning, they, they, that, that means they compare the effects of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Who is our limit breaker? With mood and behavior or trends of do. They engage those substances. You know, there's a way you can talk to your MD and it looks at you from head to toe, almost trying to check you out whether it's you. And then he can call security and say, That guy is high. You need to get him out of my office. That was what happened to the disciples when they started talking to the authorities after Christ was gone. And he told them, Don't preach again in that name. And I'm sure they had. All the exploits they, they were performing. And they had to ask themselves, are those guys really okay? Are you sure that <laughs> they're still the same people? Secondly, this morning I need to understand that you have a choice either to embrace the help of the Holy Spirit and seek His indwelling presence. Or remain in the flesh and lack the ability to please God and the courage to break your limits in your earthly work with God. It's a choice. It's a choice. Because some of us just love that level of Christianity where you can't move a fly, but demons can move you anyhow. You just love that level of Christianity where. You tell yourself, I don't, I don't overdo anything. 
anything that I do. It's moderate. Yeah. So, going to church should just be once in a while. Yeah. Some people will say, look, so far I don't sleep with a married man or a married woman. I'm okay. At least the babe is unmarried. So, and this is a married man talking. So the devil starts to set limits uh, for you as palliatives for your conscience. And then you compare yourself with some other people. So, somebody who drinks beer says, at least my, all my friends, they do vodka. This one, I can still control myself. It's just two glasses. And, uh, you know, it's okay. So, the devil's tried to play you into believing that you take it easy. And then you also tell yourself, uh, everything must be in moderation. You know, you, 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 you shouldn't become a fanatic. Ladies and gentlemen, can I announce to you that God has standards. Are you still listening to me? God has standards. And if your standard is too low for him, then you are not about to set a new standard. You need to match up to his standard. And the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us to meet God's standard. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That's what the scripture says. So for me to please God, I need the help of his spirit. What to do in life, except the Holy Spirit is empowering you to do them. Some dreams will always be too big for your mind to comprehend, except you are filled with the Holy Ghost. Except you are filled with the Holy Ghost. Certain positions will look too big for you. Except you are filled with the Holy Ghost. There are people who get jobs in this church and walk up to me to say, Pastor, I need prayer. I know I've gotten this job, but I'm not sure I'll be able to perform at that level. I remember a sister was looking for a job at the senior management level, and then she got a, a director job, and then she became very jittery. And sometimes we get to that point in ourselves when we realize that outside of the Holy Spirit, I will not be able to put, pull my weight in this area. Some people are married right now, and except for the Holy Spirit, you probably won't be able to be a good wife. I'm telling you the truth. Because your weaknesses will become, you know, over-amplified. You know, before you got married, nobody was in your business that way. But now that you're married, that guy is going to be in your business. Now that you are married, that woman is going to be in your business. And you know, they pry into everything. And they ask questions. And some of, some of us call it nagging. It's not all the time that it's nagging. A lot of the time God is speaking through them. They're your personal prophets. They tell you what you want to hear and what you don't want to hear. 
And you need the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to listen and accept what they're saying. Some of us will listen to outsiders more than we listen to our spouses. So some people will use outsiders to talk to their spouses. They meet your friend from the back and say, sponsor, they will sponsor an idea. Can you tell my wife this or tell my husband that? And it's because we don't listen. And it takes the help of the Holy Spirit for us to be able to accept that this is the right thing to do and I must do it. The Spirit helps our infirmities and we need to choose whether or not we want to embrace the help of the Holy Spirit. I want to quickly compare the effect of the Holy Spirit in the life of Peter, the apostle. Pre-Pentecost, Peter was very impulsive, but yet, you know, very lily-livered guy. He tried sometimes to show some courage, but a lot of the time, he failed. But post-Pentecost, Peter happened to be to have become somebody that was bold and audacious. The effect of the Holy Spirit on his life was not just for speaking in tongues, but to be who Jesus told, right? Jesus told him ahead of time. Said Peter, today, before the rooster will crow, you'll deny me three times. Am I saying the truth? Now, if Jesus told you that, as an adult that you are right now, what are you going to do? You plant your foot very well. Now. Am I saying the truth? To say, I'm ready, temptation, come, come. I'm going to show the master that, you know, I can withstand it. Some of us think that it's willpower that you use to please God. It's because I'm sure, you know, Peter assured Jesus, said, no, master, I'm not going to deny you. I'm not going to deny you. But that same guy who said, I'm not going to deny you, I'm not going to deny you. John uh, 18, uh, uh, the Bible says, the high priest people, the soldiers, they took Jesus away. And some of the disciples were following him. And there was one particular disciple who followed Jesus into the room. And after he had entered, he came back and pulled Peter. And said, come in. As they were coming in, the lady at the door looked at Peter. And said, so you are also one of his disciples. And Peter said, no, uh, no, I'm not. No, no. I just knew that guy from somewhere, you know. And he just looks like a great guy. I just wanted to see what was going on in there. Um, it's good for us to see how they will judge that guy. You know, he's not a good guy, really. Just, that was what Peter was saying. And then later the Bible says that they met him somewhere. He was warming himself by the fire because the place was cold. And the other guys staying there, even a joke stop him. Ah, who would be the disciple of that kind of person? No, 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 no. Is that not what people do? So in John 18, from verse 25 to 27, Peter denied Christ twice. But the second one was more instructive. Or the third, the third denier. This one, the guy whose hair Peter cut off in the garden. You remember that story? Yeah. And Jesus put the hair back. That guy had a cousin that was hanging around there. And I'm sure from the garden, the guy had been looking at this guy. So this audacious guy 
that cut the hair of my cousin. So they, when they got to around the high priest's place, uh, uh, they, 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 the guy looked at Peter and said, did I not see you in the garden with him? It's like saying, were you not in church last Sunday? You know when you hear something like that? Because some people forget the Holy Spirit the moment they walk out of the door. By the way they drive out of the car park. Some people have stickers on their car that show, and thank God we just made new stickers so you should buy. But because the stickers make the cars born again, but a lot of the time the drivers are not born again. So you see a car on the street of Lagos with a big sticker outpouring of the Holy Ghost. But the way the car is moving on the streets and the way the person inside was making out his hand to say, Waka. You know know the car is born again, but the driver is... So this guy was asking Peter, I saw you in the garden. You were with him. I saw you when you cut the hair of my cousin. Peter said, no. It's not me. No, 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 it's not me. Maybe it's James. <laughs> we look alike. So, sometimes it's three times. Some other times, some of us will lose count in the course of the day. How many times we deny Jesus? The weaknesses of the flesh will play true. People say, well, you said you are born again. They say, yes, but we are not in church. Do we have to be in church? Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. It takes engaging the help of the spirit to please God. And that's how we're able to stand against our weaknesses from time to time. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, the spirit came into where they were and filled them up. So everything the spirit did in the Old Testament was not comparable or shouldn't be comparable to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, you read the stories of people like Samson, a guy who had some biceps, but if you think it's biceps, they used to pull down pillars, go to the next construction site and try it. Don't go to a house where people are living. Just go to a construction site on a day that they are not on site and try it. Perhaps the Holy Ghost will come upon you. I, I don't know what's going up there. Just try to pull down two pillars with your biceps. So you understand that what happened to Samson was the spirit coming upon him. You read in, uh, I think, First Kings, how Elijah outran the chariots of Ahab. The chariots were the fastest moving entities of those days. It's like somebody today outrunning a car. That was the effect that the Holy Spirit had on people who submitted themselves to him in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we no longer outrun cars except it will save a life. Perhaps the Holy Spirit can still move that way. But we're expected to outrun weaknesses over a period of time. We gain speed and ascendancy in our spirit, in our innermost being. For our minds to change. 
to believe that some things are possible. To believe that we can overcome certain weaknesses and certain limitations. The Holy Spirit in the New Testament is the one that gives the believer the understanding of who God is supposed to be to us. A preacher like me will preach. But some things can be taught. Some things can only be caught. Some things cannot be taught. We engage God, we start from the realm of precepts. And some churches only still dwell on precepts. You cover your hair like this. You move like this and move like that and you are acceptable to God. So precepts starts from, you know, the ten Then we move from precepts to beginning to understand principles through the help of the Holy Spirit. Now principles can only be understood and obeyed only with the help of the Holy Spirit. He explains it. For instance, when the Bible says, you shall not commit adultery, it's based on the principle of purity. Not that God has one daughter that is or wife. But purity. Thou shalt not steal. Based on the principle of respect. It's only the devil, John 10, 10, that has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. I am come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The Holy Spirit starts to enlarge our minds. Some of us, there's nothing anybody can do except the person is an harm robber. They can never get you to give. That's some people. Except you see gone, you can't give. I'm telling you the truth. So it's not about the anointing of the preacher. You don't just understand it. As in, you don't just understand it. When it leaves the realm of precepts to you, to becoming a principle that you understand, that when God says give, first and foremost, it writes on the principle of honor. Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruit of all of your increase. Such people don't struggle with tithing, for instance. And then secondly, it rises on the principle of seed time and harvest from the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. So you, you won't say, the pastor said we should give. No! That's where the Holy Spirit comes to help. When you see a surgeon, for instance, who has operated on many people and who has seen the effect of tobacco on them and still says and endorses that tobacco smoking tobacco smokers are liable to die young and is still smoking he knows it mentally that's what they call mental ascent but the spirit of understanding has not entered into him because if you ask him do you want to live long he will say yes but this is contradiction in terms I hope you understand what I'm saying those things cannot be taught. Somebody needs to catch them in the spirit. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. When somebody sits at the level of, I'm cheating on my spouse because my spouse is a bad person. <laughs> I have not what I'm saying. And you have all kinds of justifications for committing adultery because you don't understand it. You don't understand it yet.
So that's why the Bible says that there's something that's called liberty in the spirit. Anyone that is yielded his life to the spirit does not need the law to do the right thing. <laughs> we do the right things by revelation. Saying the truth. Whether the law is enforced or not, when you have revelation, you won't steal. That's what it means to, that's what liberty in the spirit means. I'm not bound by law. I don't need cameras to do the right thing. I do the right thing because it's normal to me because the spirit helps my weaknesses and gives me understanding and revelation knowledge. I hope you understand what I'm saying today. I said, I hope you're getting along with me. That's where we get to when we begin to engage the help of the Holy Spirit in the places where we're weak. It just begins to give us revelation knowledge, understanding. A few years I've been married, a little over a decade now. I have seen the Holy Spirit, for instance, help me in my marriage in very dangerous ways and life-threatening ways. For instance, reading through the scripture that says, husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church that he gave himself for her. The first time I really read that and I sat down with it and I was asking Holy Spirit, help me to understand this. Because I told the Holy Spirit, "Ah, it means somebody has to become a mumu. You see, because they were hitting Jesus, bruised him, put him, and he wasn't talking. So, you think... <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So, my wife again. And then, it started to dawn on me that that is not possible naturally. But if I just release myself to the Holy Spirit. I struggled with the thought of being labeled a mumu. I'm telling you the truth under God. One day I just told God, I said, look, I'm not sure this thing will be ever possible. <laughs> because I cannot allow anybody to ride rough shots on me or over me. No. But the Holy Spirit started to speak to me. It's beyond what my father could have taught me or what a preacher could have told me. That is seed of the respect that my wife is supposed to give me is that honor that I give her. Treating her as unto a weaker vessel. So, today, I run errands for my wife with joy. Even though as I go, <laughs> once in a while I still ask myself, are you sure you're not a mumu? But the Holy Spirit keeps assuring me that this is something you have to do by revelation. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Some people find it difficult to believe, for instance, uh, for me as a preacher, when I talk about how I give and the things that God has. Some people just rationalize it. Try to pass this church to my children. Don't be deceived. (laughs) It's never going to happen. 
I'm looking forward to a blissful retirement, but I'm not looking forward to, uh, you know, if any of my two daughters uh, have a call on their life, they, they can serve in the ministry, but church is not supposed to be inherited. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying all this. I need to close, really. Okay, let me, let me just... <laughs> but I just think I'm helping someone for you to understand uh, what I also go through and what the Holy Spirit helps me with. And the fact that the Holy Spirit helping you with this, over time you see that really there's no point struggling. Allow revelation to dawn on you. Because sometimes some of these, some of the things the Holy Spirit will tell you will be tough. It will be tough. The first time I ever I had the opportunity of giving out a car, I thought about it for days. And I kept asking myself if this is a bad dream, I had to wake up. And as I process and pray to be sure, after I point, the Holy Spirit told me, How else will you be sure? You have stepped into unbelief now. Even if I don't do anything in your life, tell yourself, This one time, I'm willing to risk this and just obey. And I've seen the it will not make sense to the human mind. Yeah, it won't make sense to the human mind. Ladies and gentlemen, as I close, it's absolutely impossible for you to walk in love, whether with your spouse or with anyone. The love of Christ without a revelation knowledge from the Holy Spirit. Where you start to know him in person and he tells you what to do. And you, 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 just, you just love people. Let me give you an example. You know the Holy Spirit. Let me give you an example. Somebody takes your land, your, your property. God forbid. But somebody takes your property, your land. And that person has to build on it. And the Holy Spirit said, go and give me one trailer of cement. See how everybody say ha. But that's the level we're going if we can walk with the Holy Spirit. Such things, you know what Jesus said? He said with men, this is difficult. But with God, all things are possible. I read, I, I heard the story. I heard the story of a preacher holding day England, you know, in maybe 17th or 16th century. This guy was going on a journey, all right? Was going on a journey, and then arm robbers ambushed him, a preacher. And he said, You should bring everything. As he was going, he felt something in his side pocket. And then he looked at it very well and realized that he still had some gold coins in his pocket. He said, I told them, I give them everything. So he went back. I said, I told you I'm a preacher. I told you I gave you everything. But I just realized I still have some of these coins here. Those guys gave their life to Christ. 
As in, are you for real? Are you truly for real? There's something different here. The story has it that those guys gave their life to Christ. That's, that's, that's what we're talking about. That's how far we can go with the Holy Spirit. With natural man, that is impossible. Somebody here may be thinking, Pastor, you're stretching it too far. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit yourself. So that person you don't greet at work. As you leave this place today, now those people will tell you, buy our lunch tomorrow. Some people are already afraid. <laughs> but you are in church. You came to church. The God that brought you here, in the name of Jesus, will speak to you. Amen. He will give you some dangerous instructions. Oh, say the amen. Very well. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the Spirit helps our infirmities. It helps our weaknesses. And he wants to help your weakness right now, this week, today, this Sunday. If only you will listen to him and help him to push you beyond your limits. Lift your right hand with me and just tell him, Holy Spirit, I'm open to your limit-breaking power. Help me to break my limits. Help me to walk with you. Help me to stand. Help me to be a believer. I am a believer. I'm not a doubter. So I believe that all things are possible. I believe that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Or say it again. Say, I believe that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Say, I believe that by the power of the Spirit, I can do things that my mind says is impossible. Say, I can go beyond limits of my background. Limits of my professional competence by the help of the Holy Spirit. Say, I can be a good spouse by the help of the Holy Spirit. I can be a good parent by the help of the Holy Spirit. Say, I'm managing my finances with the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm managing my business with the help of the Holy Spirit. Say, I'm bringing up my children with the help of the Holy Spirit. Say, I'm excelling in my career with the help of the Holy Spirit. For the preaching and teaching of your word today, we'll receive a blessing over every hearer. Help us not to be hearers only, but also to be doers. Move in the life of everyone. And let your name be glorified. Lord, as we go into a new week, let your presence go with us. This week also leads us into a new month. No one under the influence of this service will remain the same in the month of May. In the name of Jesus. We submit to you, Holy Spirit, order our steps. Guide us.